Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. All right, I want to... Uh... I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 4 tonight. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 14 through 16. When you find that, uh, you can put your finger there and because um, we're going to move, move around a little bit. But I want to talk to you tonight about uh, confession. Uh, the power of, of confession. Uh, you know, it's my experience in my own life that uh, one of my greatest struggles sometimes is my mind. And, uh, you know, my mind tells me all kind of stuff. Uh, my mind will tell me I'm not uh, worthy. My mind will tell me I'm not doing what I need to do. My mind will tell me I messed up. Uh, my mind will condemn me for preaching something or not preaching something or uh, I never preach on sin enough, I never tell people about hell enough and never do this, never do that, never, you know, it's just, and I don't know about you, I'm sure I'm probably the only one that deals with that, but, but you know, your mind uh, will, will tell you some, some bad things. If you're not careful, your mind will talk you out of everything that God has has placed in you. And he'll, the mind will talk you out of it. Uh, but tonight I want to look at it uh, maybe perhaps a little bit different than what we've looked at it before. But the Bible has much to say about our believing. Uh, believing, faith. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about what you believe and the, and the power of believing also talks a lot about our thoughts, our, our thought life, our thought patterns, and, and all that. And, uh, but I want to talk tonight about, uh, about your confession. Uh, and, you know, you can always tell what someone believes and thinks by listening uh, to the words that come out of their mouth. My dad always told me, he said, son, if you'll sit and listen to somebody long enough, you'll be able to tell what they believe. You'll be able to tell what kind of person they are. And uh, he said, if, they're, if they are uh, not in line with God's word, he said, if you listen to them talk long enough, they will... Uh, they will hang themselves. And so all you got to do is listen. You know, and a lot of times we're quick to, to want to inject something, but, but you can tell uh, what somebody believes and, what, and, and how they, you can tell what they believe, and you can tell what they think about and what's on their mind, uh, predominantly what they think about by what comes out of their mouth. And so when we hear the word confession, uh, automatically we think about confessing sin or the confession of guilt or something over, 
a wrongdoing. Uh, when I hear the word confession, I think about a priest uh, that, uh, that someone might go to in, in the Catholic Church and, and, and confess and, and all that. So we think about, when we think about confession, we think about uh, confession of sin or, or something like that. Uh, and, and that's important, isn't it? We, we need to confess our sins. Uh, I confess daily. Uh, you know, and uh, because I, I mess up, and, and a lot of times I might mess up that I don't even realize I messed up, uh, but I confess daily because I want my spirit to be clean. I want my spirit to be pure, and confession cleans your soul. It purifies your soul. First John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's the power of confessing your sins before God. Uh, I heard a, a man say one time, I'd much rather uh, confess my sins to God before God brings me in judgment of a sin that I have failed to confess. All right? Your sins will always find you out. You're not going to hide them. doesn't matter how, how good you are at all that. Your sins will always find you out. You're not hiding them from God. You might think you're hiding them from man, and you might do that for a while, but your sins will always find you out. So that's what uh, 1 John 1, 9 is saying. Uh, if we confess our sins, God is faithful. He'll forgive us of our sins. Not only will he forgive us of our sins, but he'll cleanse us. He'll wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let's get to what I want to talk about. Most people's hearts are downstream from their thoughts. And what I mean by that is most people's uh, hearts, uh, are they don't have any set pattern of belief or, or uh, our, our foundation. In other words, they simply follow the dictates of their mind. So when I say that most people's hearts are downstream from their thoughts, I mean that what comes into their mind affects their heart. Their heart is led by what goes on in their mind. That's what I mean when I say your heart is downstream from your thoughts because the heart receives the runoff from the thoughts. And, uh, and so, therefore, a lot of people's confession is what's going on in their mind. They, they confess uh, the thoughts that are happening in their mind. They confess the depression that's going on in their mind. They confess the oppression that they're feeling in their mind because they don't have a foundation or a belief system that is firmly uh, founded in their heart. So therefore, every listen, and you understand that, that your greatest uh, battlefield is in your mind. The, the greatest warfare takes place in your mind. You can't control what comes into your mind. And that's where Satan 
battles and wars against people's minds. And so when I say that uh, the heart is downstream of the mind, that is the reason so many times people are so messed up in their, in their walk with God because they're, 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 they're responding and confessing to what's going on in their mind and, and instead of their heart. But let me tell you something, and you might not agree with this, but when you preach this message, you can change it up. But, but this is what I believe. I believe this, that according to Scripture, the mind should be fed by the Spirit. All right? In other words, instead of your heart being downstream and being fed by your mind, it needs to be flipped over. Your mind needs to be fed by your heart, all right? And I'll back that up with some scripture. Uh, in, in Romans 10, verse 9, I'm gonna tell you, this is pretty awesome tonight. I'm, gonna, I'm not bragging on me. This is what Holy Spirit uh, gave me this morning as I got up and began to pray. But I, I think if you'll understand and listen, and maybe write some things down, I believe it'll be a blessing for you. Uh, in Romans 10, in verse 9, let me, let, me, let me make this statement. Is it confession of sin or is it confession of the Lordship of Christ? All right? If you read in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, it says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Does that tell me to confess my sin? No, no. It says, notice what it says. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So is that a confession of sin or is it a confession of the Lordship of Christ? Right. It is a confession of the Lordship of Christ. Now in that, we know that our sins are forgiven, for with the heart one believes and is justified. In verse 10. So what your heart believes, based upon the believing of your heart, you are justified. That word justified means that you are cleansed and and uh counted as not guilty. Isn't that awesome? But where does that come from? It comes from a confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. All right? So if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, maybe... I, I, I began to look at this and I began to think about it and I said, you know, Lord, uh, I, I spend a lot of time in talking with people and getting them to confess their sins. I'm, I'm just saying, I major in, in getting people to confess their sins and minor in getting them to confess the Lordship of Christ in their lives. 
So maybe we need to rethink maybe a little bit there of what we do and get people to understand that you come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus becomes your confession. All right? Jesus and his lordship becomes my confession. And when, I, when he becomes my confession, then my sins, I am justified by my confession. You see? You see, so Romans chapter 10 is not really about confessing your sins. It's confessing the lordship of Jesus Christ because as a sinner, I was under the authority or the lordship of Satan. All right? I was under his authority. But when I confess the lordship of Jesus Christ, I take on another leader. I take on another authority in my life. Satan loses his authority and Jesus Christ becomes the head of my life. So with the heart, one believes and is justified and with the mouth, one uh, confesses and is saved. So I want you to notice something here that the mouth follows the heart. Think about that now. The mouth follows the heart. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what you... Doesn't matter. Your mouth follows your heart. Now think about that. So that lets me know that it is extremely important of what comes out of my mouth. All right? It's extremely important that I monitor what comes out of my mouth because my mouth is the storyteller of my heart. I might just go ahead and preach this again Sunday morning. I like this. All right. Listen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, he said, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That's in Matthew 12, verse 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now remember what we said earlier. Most people, their heart is downstream from their mind. That's the reason they stay defeated. That's the reason you can't ever walk in victory. That's the reason you're always in a circle uh, or on, in a cycle. That's the reason you're like, we talked about Sunday morning, that hamster in the wheel. You're always spinning and running and going, but you're never getting anywhere because your, your heart is being fed by your mind. And your mind is the greatest battlefield in your life. And, and, and so 
Jesus said, it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And then verse 35, he said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word that I speak out of my mouth, I'm going to give an account of it on the day of judgment. All right, now listen to verse 37. He said, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So you see the power of confession, the power of speaking things out of your mouth that originate out of the abundance of your heart. Now, we've talked about confession. I want to tell you what confession is. I've got about three things I want, to, I want to tell you about confession. And if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. Confession. What is confession? Confession is the affirming or the affirmation of what you believe. So when I say I am confessing the Lord Jesus, I am affirming that I believe in the Lordship of Christ. All right? Number two, confession is a testifying of what I know. It is testifying of what I know. The power of my confession is simply this, that I am stating out of my mouth this is what I know. And when I state it out of my mouth, I am not only stating it out of my mouth, but I am stating it to every enemy that would come against me. This is what I know. I am affirming my belief. I am affirming this is what I believe. That is the reason, guys, that you need to make it a habit. I need to, uh, every day, make it a habit to confess the word of God, confess the healing, confess the soundness of my mind, confess uh, the blessing on my children, confess that my wife is blessed because I'm her husband. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in right there. It sounded pretty good. <laughs> uh, you can ask her about that. She, I don't know if she'll agree with it or not, but <laughs> Brother Jimbo, don't be stirring up nothing now. All right. Uh, number three, let's get back on on our uh, number three. Confession is witnessing to the truth of what I have embraced as truth. All right. So confession, number one is affirming what I believe. Number two, it is testifying about what I believe. And number three, it is witnessing to the truth of what I believe. All right. So to sum all that up, confession is simply an open acknowledgement of my faith in God. Or... If I have the wrong confession, 
It is simply an open acknowledgement of my depression or an open acknowledgement of the mess that my life is in, an open acknowledgement that I'll never get out of this bog, that I'll never get out of the mess that I'm in. But what I want to encourage you tonight, I want to, if, if that is your confession, I, I, my prayer tonight is that we can change that and you can begin to affirm your faith in Jesus Christ. You can begin uh, to, uh, uh, to testify of his truth and witness about his truth. Let that be your confession. Listen, if we aren't careful, we'll spend all of our time on the negative side of confession. Meaning, I failed here. I can't do this. I don't have this. I'm always broke. I stay sick all the time. They're always talking about me. They said this about me. Listen, I'm not condemning anybody, but I want you to understand the need to change your confession. Because you see, if I spend all of my time saying, and believe me, guys, I'm, I'm not telling you something that I, that I don't have to walk it every day. You, you, would be, you would be amazed at the battles that go on in this mind on Sunday nights, on Wednesday nights, on Saturday nights, or on Saturday, all day Saturday. There's a battle that goes on in my mind and a war that goes on in my mind. Do I have the right word? Uh, am I going to be able to hear? If God wants to do something, am I going to be able to hear? That's on Saturday night. And then on Sunday night when I lay down in bed, it is, did I listen? Did I obey God? Did I speak the right word? Did I hear from God about this or, or, or something like this? And, and that's, it's a warfare and a battle. You've heard me say it before. My, my biggest uh, battle in ministry is not uh, with people. I can deal with people. But my biggest warfare is my mind because it's a constant warfare that goes on in the mind of, of uh, just a whole uh, plethora of things. If Sister Kathy was here, she would appreciate that word plethora. It means a whole bunch. Brother Brian, you tell her I used that word tonight. It's a $2 word. But uh, it's just it's that warfare. But now listen, if I spend all of my time talking about how depressed I am, how sick I am, and that I'll never be able to get out of this mess that I'm in, then that lets me know that I'm spending more time focusing on my problem than I am focusing on God's word. I am spending more time focusing on my situation than I am focusing on the answer to my situation. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to, we need to realize, and, and listen, I was in this this morning. I think that's the reason the Holy Spirit said, listen, I want to take you back through some school, boy, and I want to show you something. Let me take you back to school. 
because, because you're struggling. And, and, and listen, that happens when we get so busy. And, we can, and, and the reason I was busy was ministry. We get so busy in ministry that we forget to allow Holy Spirit to minister to us. All right? You remember in uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, one of my uh, favoritest, favoritest stories in the Old Testament. Uh, in 2 Kings chapter 6, the, the Bible tells a story of uh, the king of Syria had sent uh, trying to uh, capture and trying to get Elisha uh, and he never could do it. So finally, he sent men. He found out uh, the city that he was in, and he sent men, and they encamped around about the city that Elisha the prophet was in and his servant. And the Bible says that the next morning, they had surrounded the city, and Elisha and his servant woke up, and his servant got up and walked outside and was stretching and 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 saying, man, what an awesome night's sleep I got. And he opened his eyes, and all of a sudden he saw chariots and horses all around him, and it scared him to death. It, 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 uh, somebody said it scared the heebie-jeebies out of him. And, and, and he went running back to Elisha and said, oh, my goodness, man of God, uh, we're surrounded by the enemy. We're surrounded. There's no way out. We're surrounded by the enemy. The Bible says that Elisha, uh, uh, looked at him and, and in verse 16 of 2 Kings chapter 6 and he told him he said don't, <clears throat> don't fear don't worry about this for they that be with us are more than they that be against us and then he prayed this prayer for his servant he said Lord I pray that you would open his eyes Open his eyes that he may see. See what? He had already seen that they were surrounded by the enemy. But Elisha's praying, God open his eyes that he won't see that, but that he'll see that we're surrounded by the chariots of fire and of angels that are surrounding us. You see, that's a picture there of when we focus on what we're seeing with our eyes, my eyes are, is the gate to my mind. My ears are a gate to my mind. And so what I see with my eyes sends a picture to my mind and that, mind, that picture is stamped on my mind and then it begins to send all kind of negative sig signals to my brain. And then my brain says, oh my goodness, we are surrounded by the enemy. What am I going to do? I am going to surely die today because we are surrounded by the enemy. I'm about to preach, all right? But listen to this. But when I walk outside and my eyes see that I'm surrounded by the enemy, what happened with Elisha was Elisha had a foundation in his heart. He had a relationship with God in his spirit. So therefore, his eyes 
The message they sent to his brain didn't dictate to his heart what his heart was going to think. But rather, his heart sent a message to his brain and said, let me tell you something. I don't care what my eyes are seeing, but this is what I am going to say. I am going to say that I am surrounded by more that the angels and the chariots of fire are more than those that the Syrian army could ever muster up. You see, you understand what I'm saying? When you are controlled by what goes on in your spirit and your spirit dictates to your heart and and your heart dictates to your mind, oh, it will radically, radically change your whole situation. What could have been disaster God brought the enemy down the hill and they walked up and lo and behold, all the army was blind. And what happened was Elisha just took them by the hand and said, come on, I'm going to show you some Jesus love. See, God can never blind your enemy if your enemy blinds you from God. And so many people are blinded by the enemy. Can I say this tonight? If I'm not careful, my past will blind me of what God wants in my future. And I'll never be able to get away from my past to obtain my future because I am so blinded by the past. But listen, when I get connected with Jesus, when I get connected with the Word of God, And I begin to read the Word of God, and the Word of God begins to wash over my mind and my spirit. And all of a sudden, I quit walking by what my eyes are seeing. I quit walking by what my ears are hearing. And I begin to walk by what the Word of God is saying to my spirit. When I begin to do that, friend, then my past becomes my past, and my destiny is found in Jesus Christ, and I begin to walk in that. All right, listen, you still got your finger in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 says this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our Profession or confession. Those two words are used, can be used, uh, some versions use the word confession. Verse, verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come bold into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
So what is the confession in verses 14 through 16? Let's look at that. I confess that I have a great high priest that has passed into heaven. In other words, he's not still in the grave. He overcame the grave. He defeated death. He defeated hell. And now he's passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. All right? My high priest is not untouchable. He is a touchable Savior. I can touch him with my faith. I can reach out to him and he is moved not only by my faith but he is moved by the feeling of my infirmities. Why? And how is he so effective? Because he was tempted in all points just like I am. Yet he was without sin. Because of this, because of this, because of this confession that he is my high priest, he sits on the right hand of the Father. He is the Son of God. He was sinless and spotless, the Lamb of God. He knows what I'm feeling. He feels my pain. He knows my hurts. He was tempted in all points, yet he was sinless and spotless. Because of that, I can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Take that, devil. Take that, the enemy of my mind. Take that, the the enemy of my help. Take that, the enemy of my thoughts. I've got a high priest. He is spotless and sinless. He is seated on the right hand of the throne of the Father. He was tempted in all points like I'm being tempted right now, yet he was without sin. He knows what I'm hurting. He knows what I'm feeling tonight. He knows how I'm hurting right now. And because of that, the word of God says, I can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, Paul said that we should hold on to that. He said, hold on to that and don't let it go. Don't let it slip out. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 says, we are to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. All right? All right, we're, we're getting down close and we're going to close. My confession is the victory of Jesus Christ and the defeat of Satan. That's what my confession is. When you confess, you confess the victory of Jesus and the defeat of Satan. All right? Understand this that I can never rise above my confession. You will never rise above your confession. Listen, as a Christian, 
there's nothing wrong with me saying I've got a headache. All right? So don't go around with your head all twisted up like that and somebody say, what's wrong with you? Nothing. All right? No. The reality is I've got a headache. But the reality is that God is my healer. All right? So you see, I don't focus on what's wrong with me. I can state that and move on, but I focus on my healing. All right? I can never rise above my confession because my confessions are built from my beliefs and my thoughts. All right? My confession is, is built out of my beliefs and my beliefs flow out to my thoughts. And that's where my confession comes from. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul said this, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by counseling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. And I'm, I'm using the English standard version. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Verse 15 says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. If I want to be victorious in my walk with God, this is what I've got to understand. That there was a time when I was dead in my trespasses and sins. But God has made me alive together with him. All right? Having forgiven me of all of my trespasses. That's, that's confessing, guys. That's the power of confessing. Now, you might say that, and you might say, well, Pastor, I said that, and I don't feel any different. It's not about what you feel. Listen, when I confess, when I confess that I was dead in my trespasses and sins, but God made me alive together with him, having forgiven me of all of my trespasses, that might not cause these chairs to run away from me, but I can guarantee you that it will rattle hell when I say that and mean it by faith. All right? He's, and, and verse 14 says that Jesus canceled the record of debt that stood against me with its legal demands. That's what somebody in here tonight, that you need to, you need to get that in your spirit, that Jesus canceled the record of debt that you had. You couldn't pay it. It was too big for you. It was too much for you. Your past would have covered you up if it hadn't been for the blood of Jesus. But when Jesus came, he canceled that debt. In other words, he tore the mortgage papers up. And he counseled them. 
He nailed it to the cross. He disarmed. I love that. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Know this, guys, that Jesus Christ has disarmed your enemy. He has disarmed the authorities that would seek to come and destroy. He has disarmed them. Listen, make Colossians 2, 13 through 15 a confession if you're dealing with things, battling in your mind, if you're struggling in your thoughts and you're struggling with your past. Make that a, a declaration that you get up and declare it over your life. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it in your car that when you're driving down the road, don't look at it then, but when you stop at a red light, read it. Y'all thought y'all was fixing to get me there, didn't you? All right. Now, let me give you just real quick, I want to give you some confessions that you might not realize. Have you ever thought about Psalm 23 being a confession? It's a confession. David wrote it, and it's a confession. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All right. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a confession. That might be why David came from, from such a horrible and egregious sin to be one of the greatest leaders we've ever known because he knew the power of confession. Psalm 34 is a confession psalm. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 93 is, is another good one. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed, clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. These are confession psalms that if you will, if you will just take them you say, I don't know how to pray. If you'll open up and just pray these psalms, just pray them out loud. Don't be scared. Pray them. Speak it out of your mouth. Declare it out of your mouth. Let the, let, let the enemy hear that word coming out of your mouth. Psalm 103. I will bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, who hath forgiven me of all of my iniquities and healed me of all of my diseases. That's a confession, all right? Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm fixing to close. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's a confession. And if we understand the power of our, of our confession, listen, 
the enemy will pay very little attention to anything except the word of God. But when we confess the word of God, hell takes notice. Because it scares the enemy to death when a child of God equips themselves with the word of God and begins to confess it over their lives. Confess it over their families, their children. Listen, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter where you came from. God doesn't want you to be a victim of your past. It could have been a horrible past. It could have been a past that haunts you on a daily basis. But I want to tell you, God will take the haunting out of your past. God will take the struggle of your past and make it a testimony of your future. And God wants to do that. And it comes through confession, through a proper confession. All right? All right. I'm going to close there.